Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons. We've got Katie Flower in here. We're continuing our series. We'll probably mix and match a few other topics, but we have the Tough to Rank and Value Player Series, and we're up to wide receiver this week. We've been picking two players per uh, per person and discussing it, trying to be the other person's therapist, adding to the discussion, but also trying to be, uh, provide clarity on where do we stand, a state of the union for some of the players that, frankly, the union uh, is very tough to peg here with where we stand. Could be injuries, could be off the field, could just be poor play. Maybe it's overtly great play, uh, but we've had some great discussions the past couple of weeks, and that'll continue at Wide Receiver. Do want to remind you, it's the official show of UTHDST.com, homed over pacing for about 300 premium shows. So if you're not a general manager subscriber uh, and you love dynasty audio content, if you're listening to the show, probably applies to you. So signing up is a no-brainer. Get them all to your mobile devices. And uh, you get shows like the film notes coming out Monday morning, all the games, all the plays, and I distill it to what you need to know, as well as things like the running back roundup, where I go through all the NFL depth charts at running back on a weekly basis in in season and periodically in the off season. So Katie, week nine, we've been sharing some stories and it was like bizarro land uh, in the NFL. It seemed like bizarro land in fantasy as well. And frankly, it applies to some of the players we're going to be discussing uh, at wide receiver this week because uh, it's just been one of those years that it's survive in advance. Like every week feels like, and this is more than last last year and in years past, it seems like it for me that it's survive in advance, whether you're just kind of sticking around. Now you're getting McCaffrey back. You know, let's say you're you've been hanging around 500 and you get Barkley back soon, or just major players that you're with or without, and uh, you just kind of want to be healthy at the end. Buys are great, top points are great, but uh, again, can you survive and still get some wins, grind some things out for later in the season? And week nine, I think, is probably the biggest case of that so far this year. Yes. It was, and uh, I'm glad that it's over. Looking forward to week 10 and whatever is on the new horizon. But between injuries and buys, man, there were some ugly lineups this week. And ugly scores, right? I mean, it was interesting to see how, oh, you got top points. Or, man, I only scored 110, and normally it's 140. And it's like, you still won, (laughs) you know? Because I always tell people, you know, if you think you have some ugly decisions, you look early in the week, just look over your opponent. Because it's probably not super rosy, and it might even be way worse for them. Yeah. Uh, MFL pulled a funny, I thought, on Twitter. They were like, no, there's nothing wrong with MFL. Those are your real fantasy scores. Just Excellent. accept it. And I thought that was funny. I liked that. Exactly. Um, all right. Why don't you kick us off uh, with one of your tough to rank and value wide receivers for, for this series and that we're going to discuss this week. Let's try to uh, you know bat it around and, and try to come up with a, a middle point here on kind of where we stand. 
Yeah, um, I've had a lot of people question what the trade value is of Calvin Ridley. And he's a tough one to evaluate because he's, he's got an illness that you've got to treat like an injury and you just don't know when he'll be back, if he'll be back. He could potentially be done with football. If you read his letter that he wrote, it was almost like a goodbye in case I never come back kind of letter. And some people aren't taking it that seriously or seriously enough. I am not going to trade for him. I don't think anybody would just throw him into a deal. And that's the only kind of a deal where I would trade for him. Because wide receiver, you know, it, right now he's wide receiver 14 in Dynasty and most people's rankings. And that's just too pricey if, if you're going to be treating him like he's healthy and will be back you're still going to pay a pretty penny. So that's where I kind of, yes, he's a talented receiver, but it's got to be a pretty hefty discount if I'm going right, to be exactly. a buyer. And, and what, what stinks for, part, for, for the main part of this is that it's not a known, you know, even as ambiguous as a concussion is, every single one is a snowflake and who knows, it's ended careers, a neck injury, things like that. These are very sensitive physical topics in terms of the NFL injury spectrum. And it's not something like, oh, a high ankle. Well, that stinks. He might be out four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, but it's kind of a known thing. We've been through this trajectory for a player and their recovery. When you start getting into the mental side of things, that's where it is completely, as you said, ambiguous, you're definitely reading tea leaves. And frankly, he may not know right now, right? He doesn't. I'm, exactly. sure, he, I'm exactly. sure he doesn't know. Exactly. So so to think that we can know, so you brought actually brought up of all the names we've discussed so far, has to actually be brass tacks, the toughest one, because we're talking about a player that if they don't know, we can't possibly. And like you said, it seems like based on what you just said, that he would be a sell player because of the risk of what if, right? Because it's kind of interesting to hear this that that you know now that we we actually kind of know. Okay, I'm taking a step back, and I need to get myself right because I watched him, and it was what was it four, five, six weeks worth of who is this player? Like I saw him out there, but just did not seem like he was in it, in it to win it. And not that the Falcons are going anywhere, but I was like, this is not the guy that was dominating, even with Julio Jones there. There's nothing there. He should be. We were talking about the volume and targets being so pronounced there for Calvin Ridley. He could be the wide receiver one overall with the connection with Matt Ryan, what he's done before, and the projection that it could get even better with high volume. I mean, he's got a top five season. He's got another top 20 season in his first three years of, the, of being in the league. So, I mean, unbelievable that this is where we stand. And some of the recent trades, I mean, I just wanted to bat a couple off you. And I'm I would I'm just guessing based on how your opening argument in foray was, these are all gonna be Ridley cells, if I had to take a guess. Ridley for Keenan Allen. I would want Keenan Allen. Okay. Well you, you hemmed a little bit, so maybe I got a chance on some of these. Ridley for Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Oh, okay. Um, Ridley and Hubbard for T Higgins. And again, it's nothing about it. The talent. I understand. Yeah. So I would 
take the, T. Higgins. The risk that you said, I mean, if you think the risk is what, even if it's 10% that we, we saw Ridley play his last game, you probably have to do these deals, right? If you think the probability is even 10%. Yes, because Keenan Allen is a guy that could give you two, three, four quality years remaining. I mean, and it's not like Ridley's 23 years old. Where we're like, well, we're giving up a decade. He's he's 26, he's 26. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he, he'll be 27 next month. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not a spring chicken. He came out at 23 point X. So he he was on the older side. Um how about Ridley and a 22 first? You can designate how high that, that that would be to make this good or bad, but Ridley and a first for Austin Eckler. Oof. See, um, it, it seems steep, right? I mean, a first for Eckler sounds fair. Right. And that's, that's the type so now of thing. It's a throw in. I, now he's a throw in. Right. And I don't, I wouldn't want him as a throw in and Eckler's not a kind of dynasty move. It would be a win now right. type well, move. Well, well, this one it sounds like if you were maybe not contending, you sell Eckler for that. Is that a possibility? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. I okay. mean, I, I would, these. I would take that shot on the Calvin Ridley and first side, and and maybe even try to flip Calvin after I got the first. You know, there are, there are some sell in my opinion a lot lower than what we've discussed. Like Ridley for a second next year. To me, you just I mean take your chances. Uh, yeah, Rid- I mean, next year's class isn't the class to do that. Right. But Rid- Ridley for. I would uh, rather hold Ridley than sell him for a second. I, right. You right. Know. Now, what do you think about a first, though? Do you think the insulation of the first? Do we get clear? Let me ask you this. Do you think it's likely that he plays this year? I mean, again, it's tough to know, but I mean, the career being over versus like, hey, he, there's a long way to go between now and say, deep into next off season where maybe he is in a better place to actually play in 2022, but it's a short, I mean, we're talking like two months and the fantasy season is over. So it's not a huge amount of time for him to come back. And he locked into three plus obviously going on. I think it was the NFI list. If I had to guess, I don't think he's coming back this year. So, so if, it- if that is the approach that changes the calculus, right? Because you know, because now you have to view them as a rebuilding aspect to some degree. Right. Okay. So in general, it sounds like he's a sell for you because it sounds like you do have, even within the wide receiver position, you have some pivots. And if there's people out there that have them, I don't have a wide receiver 14. Um, and, and the fact that, I mean, the way you, you have talked about it, I mean, <laughs> I may need to recalculate, reformulate uh, some of my some of my feeder things because I mean, I still have them around. I think wide receiver twenty ish, but yeah. but I'm looking at some names below them. And if you are a contending team, there's definitely some guys below that that can help you. I mean, I have Keenan Allen ahead of them and some of the ones we've discussed. But uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So really tough one. You you started out hot, Katie. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was that was a and, and frankly, that's a big time one because if you have Ridley. You have options and it doesn't mean you have to sell them, but there's certain players at certain times. It does feel like at least see what's out there. Cause if there's one person in your league, that still has them in the top 12 to 15. You have a lot of options just with that one team on potential pivots to help you. Right. The one good thing going for him is his, his good name. Everybody thinks wide receiver one, when they think Calvin Ridley, right, wrong, indifferent, 
if you've got an owner in your league that thinks of him as a wide receiver one, I would, I personally, if you're risk averse, I would, I would sell for the best that you can get from that owner. And then you don't have to deal with it. You can always trade back for him next year or whatever. Weirder things have happened. But right. I'm not going to trade him just as a throw-in. I would rather keep him. I'd either rather hold him or get a, a decent out price. Yep. All right. My first one is going to be Mr. Michael Thomas. And boy, uh, you talk about what has transpired over the last, uh, what is it? Well, it's last season and this season uh, with basically missing most of the year. He had a few games. You could have plugged him in last year, but not many. And then this year, it was the waiting game. And already we had the changing landscape of quarterback or just Saints passing game in general going into this year, this year. And you talk about the track he was on to begin his career. Four straight top eight seasons. And now he's had two straight lost seasons. Frankly, the only thing I can possibly come up with is Odell Beckham-like. You know, that's sort of where we are. Dynamic and unstoppable fantasy force for a huge cross-section, and to start their career, and now nothing. I mean, we're talking about a guy through four years. He was on pace for guys like Julio, Randy Moss, Beckham, and Michael Thomas. That's pretty much, in the last 20 years, that's the list. That's the list of guys. And now you're saying, I don't know where we are. He's drifting closer and closer to 30. We know he's done for the year. And he's locked in with a monster contract, monster dead money with the Saints who are in a world of salary cap hurt. What's going to be their quarterback situation? Can they afford much of anything? I do think there would be some retread a la Jameis Winston guys available on the cheap. If you say, hey, I can start with Sean Payton and Kamara, Michael Thomas, I think that's an appealing landing spot for a quarterback that's not going to be top of the market. So if someone's, you know, if that's a Mariota or two or three of these other guys, I do think the Saints have potential for someone in the single digits, you know, less than $10 million to get a quarterback for next year. I think that's in play. So that's one thing working for them is the infrastructure. But Michael Thomas himself, by the time we see him again, it's been so long that like like Odo Beckham, doesn't it seem like a relic of remembering Michael Thomas can't guard Mike getting 15 targets a game and literally being the preemptive guy inside of 20 yards to you can't stop him with that breeze connection that we saw for years. It's been so long. I feel like I have a little bit of Alzheimer's. I need to go watch YouTube to, to remember what that can't guard Michael Thomas is. Yeah. And I'm not a doctor and I hate to be right about these things, but at the beginning of the season, when we talked about Michael Thomas, I said, those ankle injuries tend to linger. He just had the surgery. I'm not sure he'll play this year, and he's not playing this year. It was a cross between, I think it was a cross between his rift with the Saints and the injury and, and healing. They never liked that he waited so long and then went ahead and got the surgery. They didn't like the whole any of the way that things went down, but they're going to have a whole offseason to kiss and make up. And as you mentioned, they kind of have to based on his salary and based on the contract and everything else. As far as for fantasy purposes, I think Michael Thomas is a buy. And I think you could buy him for a fairly reasonable price from somebody that maybe you're a contender and they're a contender. 
you could get him for your 22 first, maybe. And that's a late first. I would do that because that back half of the first round will have some talent, but not anywhere near as talented as Michael Thomas. Yes, it's risky, but I don't think he's done. And I think that he will be back strong next year, hopefully. And I don't know that the quarterback makes as much difference to him the way that he plays the game. I think he's going to put up fantasy points with whoever that may be. The interesting thing with Thomas is that he's one where he's going to be 29 next season. And he has not. One thing I I, I sort of like about this type of profile is that he's not like a 4-3 blazer that if he loses a step, that's it. His game completely changes. He's been doing it with route running and bully ball, you know, at the at the release point, and uh, again dominating in the short area, and just hands as sticky as you know DeAndre Hopkins and some of the best in the game of making contested plays and moving chains. So, yeah, I, I, and it's interesting because you know, would you rather have like the interesting part is so we've seen Odell Beckham a lot more than Michael Thomas of late. And yet it seems sometimes you put out bad tape or you put out, man, he doesn't, he's not the same tape. And that's actually worse than putting out no tape. It seems like, because Beckham is like through the floor, Michael Thomas, not. And I just said, you know, in my opening opening was they pretty much had similar career starts. I mean, the only thing I can kind of come up with is Odell Beckham in terms of like the sheer fall off that we've seen from Thomas, but Thomas has missed time. Like you said, with, injuries and just you know just recovery periods and like you said things might not be on the the, the best of terms at some point with the Saints uh, with, with where they stand and and yeah he does seem like a buy I mean it seems like some of the trades I, I've, I've seen are beyond wide receiver 20 even 25 uh, for dynasty and we talk about a guy that can there's not a lot of number ones out there and by number one I mean a guy that literally can tilt a passing game in the NFL there's a lot of good wide receivers, but not a lot of true alphas. And Thomas is an alpha. And we say all the time, can you consolidate, not be super heavy with how many wide receivers you got on your roster? And taking a shot on Thomas gives you a potential alpha, a guy that's proven himself as one. And you get that stockpiled and squirreled away for next year. You know, I, I'm kind of digging that uh, in terms of, you know, you have two or three guys, whether you're contending, not contending, whatever right now. But you put Thomas on the back end and just say, let's see, because you might be pounding people next year as a result. Yeah, he's listed as wide receiver 37 on the wow. average of a couple sites. So okay. wide receiver 37 range is the same range as Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony, Tyler Boyd, Terrace Marshall. They're all right. Robert Woods. Terrace They're Marshall? All right in that- Did you say yeah. Terrace Marshall? I did. Versus Michael Thomas. That is maybe the most interesting thing I've heard today. (laughs) That they are close. I like Terrence Marshall. I'm not going to, I've I've never pulled a punch about that. But like to say that he and Michael Thomas should be valued the same, that's sort of like a, what, early second ish? Yeah. To me, exactly. I mean, that sounds like you can go Calvin Ridley to Michael Thomas plus plus. I mean, that to me sounds craziness. If that's right. possibly out there. But like you said, I mean, a wide receiver coming into the NFL and it's not like they're on some big success track so far. 
to trade that for Michael Thomas or even Terrace Marshall and like a contending second next year for Thomas. Wow. Michael Thomas is going to be 29 and people yeah, in know. dynasty heard it. That's old. a voodoo. That's a voodoo age. I know he's right now. He is a super bridge player. So right. you should be able to get him for a super bridge price, which is a late first, early right. second yeah. in that range. And I bet you, you could, if you shopped around, God. there's going to be some owners that are sick and tired of carrying him on IR. <laughs> these, these contending teams, and really this is the window of what, three, four weeks now. I mean, it's a. Ama- I, I will say every year, and maybe I'm just more aware, but I also think people are just getting, as the years have gone, it used to be people gave away rookie picks and now people are giving so much for the rookie picks right. that I've turned into like, you know, this off season I had contending teams where it's like, oh yeah, I'll give my 111 for Keenan Allen. Uh, yes. Yes, please. Like that's right. such a positive EV scenario over the next few years. But it's like it it seems so enticing now because of the returns, because of the guys you can get from these teams that literally look at age and don't look at the the track record of these players and how much you're helping the pick that you're acquiring as well. And it's not just this year, it's beyond like when you say make a dynasty trade, man. Like you act like Keenan Allen's retiring at the end of this year. Like, good Lord. It could be a printing money scenario. Um, Okay. Uh, Give us your second one this week at wide receiver. I forgot. (laughs) My second one is Allen Robinson. And it's as much to do with the Chicago Bears as a whole the whole coaching, um, the targets aren't there. The new young quarterback is finally starting to put things together. So I know it's a patience play, but Allen Robinson, uh, the clock is ticking, and he's he's on the younger side of the older <laughs> wide receivers uh, for the 2014 class. So he's he's not as old, but yet he's still he's he's not far away from the ADP of my, he's just a few spots higher. Actually, let me see. He's tw- he'll be, he's 28 right now. So Tom, Thomas will be 29 next year. Yeah, I know 20. I know he will be. I'm just saying as far as uh, his dynasty ranking. Oh, okay. I lost track of that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, there he is. Wide receiver 26. So Allen Robinson is right in there with Jalen Waddell, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman. And right now, Michael Pittman is the one that most people want. He's a few years younger than Allen Robinson. But the question I have is, will Allen Robinson rebound once Justin Fields does? Justin has a good connection with Darnell Mooney. Yeah. He, uh, he put up some decent fantasy points this week. And like I said, if Justin Fields can distribute the ball and, and the coaching staff doesn't hold him back too much, but again, there's a lot of ifs in play. Well, yeah. And it, it's been pretty train wrecky, right? I mean, he's through largely half the year, uh, you know, slightly more. And I mean, he's on pace for like 700 yards. He's got one touchdown. So 
I, I mean, to say train wreck, I mean, so this is the, again, putting out, putting out non-productive tape and, and versus like, if he were out for the year, I think people would view him differently. If he tore his ACL in August, uh, it would look a lot different. And yeah, Mooney getting more targets, you know, having a higher target share is, is a factor here. Now, the, the thing that I wonder, you know, we, we keep, I think we said it last time, you know, free Allen Robinson. He goes to the, he goes to the bears and it's like, oh, things will be better. Nope. Like, you know, quarterback has definitely been a, a rodeo, a rodeo where you're not staying on 10 seconds uh, there with the Bears. And so he's free again in 2022. So we just, you know, there's been clamoring pretty much his whole career. We want him with a good quarterback. Can we get him with a high just level once. quarterback just once? To, now, what, what, you know, and what we don't want to happen is when he's like clearly on the downside, and I don't think many people think he's actually on the physical and skill level downside is we don't want him there in his twilight years, like Emmanuel Sanders, right? Like let's say Josh Allen, he's Emmanuel Sanders has been on some good teams with some good quarterbacks, by the way, but let's just say this year with Josh Allen, I mean, he's 34 years old. Let's hope with Allen Robinson, we're not waiting until twilight years that he's actually with someone, you know, someone legit. Cause even if he's a one, a one B and he's not the clear go-to guy, which he can be, I think that's where the upside lies. Can he, you get a good wide receiver with a good quarterback. I mean, we're seeing Stafford and Cooper cup, right? I mean, they're lighting things on fire. That's, that's the potential you have when you put a collection like that together. And with, with Robinson, there's zero comps to this. Like he is firmly mid career, a successful player in his mid career. He's had three wide receiver one seasons. And yet we're seeing this, like he's unstartable. We started talking about it weeks ago, unstartable player. You cannot put him in. The odds of him putting up like a 15-plus point game, I don't even think he's had one this year. He hasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, so where is the upside? Like, you are literally just going into the complete unknown of blind faith that it's going to randomly happen when, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, KJ Osborne probably has equal or better chances next week uh, of putting up a 15 plus point week. It'd be hilarious if you were on by that would be, that would be the hilarious part of that. But, but yeah, so for Robinson, he is basically an albatross, right? I mean, he is dead weight on your roster in the sense of you can't start him. Obviously he's not cuttable. You're just like, can we get a team change? Can we get a situation change? Can he like, even if it's a little less money, you just be like, I don't think, you know, Alan, how good it could be if you just go to a good situation. Like, and we kind of said that with Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Like he had a chance to go to Kansas city. Now, obviously Kansas city has not turned out as, you know, maybe we thought this year, but, but, you know, saying no to a transcendent quarterback is, I don't know how tough it is if it's a huge difference in money, but I would say with Allen Robinson, he's made a lot of money. And I wonder if he just kind of wonders what it would be like to be on a, a absolutely electric offense. I would love, you know, who I'd, I would love to see Allen Robinson paired with Mac Jones. I, I, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, to actually be an alpha, there is no alpha there right now. Right. And, and to get a guy that's accurate, a guy that's going to give him optimal targets in the sense of he's going to go to who's open and, and, and yeah, just a huge upgrade. They actually have some cap room. Well, again, they can finagle cap yeah. room. But um, so I'll call. I'll I'll get the call to Billy and uh, make it happen. <laughs> William. But, yeah, William. 
Uh, but the thing with Alan Robinson that you add on top of that, the complication that you, you also can't just trade him cheap. You can't drop, you can't start him, but you cannot just throw him into a deal because he's going to be more valuable on your team when he finally pops off rather than trading him to somebody and then see him go off. So for what you're going to get for him, it's not worth it to lose him. You may as well. That's the conundrum. He's going to be a roster clogger until that point, whenever that point may be. Well, we said with, with Michael Thomas as another one of saying, you know, there's alphas don't grow on trees. You can say there's good wide receivers, the ones that actually can tilt passing games and be the guy year over year. There's not a lot of them. There's not even 25 in the NFL at any given point in time. There's not that many. So Robinson is one. He's shown it in the past. And so that's something. Now, the tough part is like Michael Thomas could just be on your IR. You know, uh, right. Calvin Ridley, I think in pretty much every league that I've seen, I mean, he's IR eligible. So Robinson has to sit there though. And if you're sitting there with like six wide receivers and you're like, oh, I start three. Now I only have five because I'm not going to start Robinson. Like that does affect your roster a little more than someone who's just away out of sight, out of mind. So you may have to, you know, that could affect, uh, you know, how you stream tight ends. It could also affect, you know, maybe there's a, a running back at, at given weeks that you just can't have because I need one more wide receiver. This is the week I need to stream somebody and I don't want it to be Allen Robinson, or maybe you're just going to suck it up and say, you know, six, seven, eight, nine points. If that's kind of what we're getting here, then that's what I'm going to, instead of cutting backup running back X to pick up a wide receiver that frankly isn't probably, maybe they have slightly more chance to pop off than Robinson, but maybe not. So, uh, so yeah, that might so be, that's... that might be the push pull of Robinson actually being active for you. Right. And that's, that's what makes him so tough and such a tough avow. Um, again, I don't want to let him go for cheap or next to nothing and then have him go off on somebody else's roster next year or, or whenever. I mean, he's still young enough. And for all those reasons that you just said, you can't cut him and you can't really start him, but you're going to have to just admit that he's got a placeholder on your bench and you got to figure something else out. You got to work around him. Yep, that, that's a that's a good finish there. Work around Allen Robinson for now, you know. And it, it's a team game, you know. You have a tired depth chart of wide receivers, so figure it out. Robinson isn't one of them. Uh, in many ways, you you can pretend that he's hurt. You can pretend that he's hurt. Um, my last one is going to be Brandon Ayuk, and this is a tough one because, frankly, I think there's a lot of tentacles here. Like Calvin Ridley, you know, Calvin Ridley has a whole different set of tentacles. But for Ayuk, I mean, we have heard so many different things. It was, you know, maybe he got he rested on his laurels. Maybe he got, uh, you know, uh, fat and happy. You know, with how successful he was, immediately he was hurt to start his rookie year, and it wasn't to the elite level of Odell Beckham, but he came in midseason and just started lighting it up right away. So. With, with Brandon Ayuk, he was a phenom in that capacity. He looked the part right away as a rookie last year, as a round one pick. So that has a ton of allure. That has a ton of historical success to it. He comes in this year, and it, it's just been a completely different story. It was, why isn't he getting snaps? Is he in the doghouse? What's going on? Uh, Debo Samuel, lighting it up. Uh, now you got George Kittle back. You've got 
quarterback that's not really going to sustain two, three strong producers. That's just not going to happen. There's a lot of questions with the 49ers in general. I will say that I, I don't really have, can he play questions with Brandon Ayuk? I think he is an absolute assassin. Now, does that come through from now to the end of the season? I don't know. Does it take Kyle Shanahan being fired? You know, and, and this season not going well, and you just sit here and you grit your teeth and say, things are going to change because the 49ers are losing. Things are not going well for them as a team. How much leash and allegiance do they have at this point for sub 500 Shanahan that had, you know, some good times, but things are not going well this year. And if Trey Lance, if they don't get Trey Lance right and like dead right, like that's all, that's the only chance you get. I'm sorry. Like when you trade all, all that capital for a quarterback, your job and everything is tied to that guy. And if that guy doesn't work out, and frankly, they lose a couple more games, they should kind of be turning to Trey Lance no matter what, right? I mean, you got to see what you got on a team probably not going to the playoffs at that point. So I think there's a lot of 49er stuff here. And I just, to me, it's the storyline of when does Ayuk get the targets, in my opinion, he deserves? He's locked in on a rookie contract. He's on a team with a lot of things up in the air. So I think there's a lot of surrounding things here. I don't really have questions about Ayuk, the player, which makes him pretty interesting to me. Right. So here's my take. He's 23 years old. So he's a completely different story than all the others that we've talked about so far tonight. He doesn't have the injury thing that we have to worry about, but he does have the coaching and the targets in the last two weeks, week eight against the bears. He had seven targets week nine against the Cardinals. He had eight targets. That's more than he's had all season. That's about all you can ask for in this offense, right? Is seven or seven, eight targets a week. I mean, that's, that's a massive number considering what the 49ers are. Right. And Debo has had an average of nine point, almost nine and a half targets per week and still did and still does. But the point is, is if Debo can average nine and a half targets a week, bringing up to eight, seven or eight a week is better than he was only getting one or two targets for like six weeks in a row. That's Trent, the frustration. They had, they, had, they had Trent Shurfield and, and Muhammad Sanu playing, you know, being relevant players in that offense. And they frankly shouldn't be. This should be like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen just siphoning everything out of the passing game, right? I mean, you get two guys like that, they should both be, like you said, averaging, what is that, 16 targets, 17 targets a week? Right. So at 23 years old, I'm buying the talent. And I think he's a, he's a screaming buy right now because there will be some owners that are just totally frustrated with him. It could be a contender. It could be somebody that wants the insurance of somebody that is getting targets so if you can pivot off, let's say you do Cordero Patterson and a second or Cordero Patterson and a smaller player. to I get I, to I, pay, bet, I, I don't know if you have to pay that, to be honest. Well, and you may not, but I'm just saying I would. Cordero Patterson is 29, 28, 29. He's, he's very close on that cusp. It's about 30, um, yeah. But if, you're, if you are a rebuilder or somebody that isn't going to make the playoffs, you don't want Cordero Patterson's points on your lineup and you're willing to take Ayuk plus. Absolutely. I think that's a good type of deal. Now, if you're, 
if you're a contender and you just want to buy Ayuk again, that late first, you may well, not even have to. Well, pay I'm seeing a lot of seconds. A late first. I'm seeing a lot okay. of second. Now that's a second and super flex, so it, it helps a little bit. But okay. but second straight up, I'm seeing. How about Odell Beckham in a third for Ayuk? I mean, you're resetting the clock there by a good amount. A ton. Yeah, um, and, and we'll see. I mean, as of this recording, I think so. Beckham cleared waivers. We don't know where he's going to sign, right? Um, and that could be a factor. You know, he absolutely could be someone that becomes a factor down the stretch. Um, but again, it's been a while. You know, we've talked about two or three players. It's been a while since they've been productive. Like we we've we we want to fondly remember. Uh, but yeah, Ayuk. Like I'm seeing these. I got to get out there in the leagues. I already have plenty of them. But man, like the for a second deal or a second plus all over it. Um, if that was possible, I would probably have 95% ownership uh, across my leagues. If that if that's an actual, just like people auto snap, accept that. Uh, but And like you said, the targets are coming around and you know he could still be someone. Let's also imagine this scenario. Debo Samuel, who's also dinged up right now, if he goes out, couldn't Ayuk, I mean, kind of do what he did last year? I mean, that's in play that... That you have a guy that you start, you're happy to do so, and he helps you win this year. That's still on the table. There's plenty of questions, but to say that you know there's two wide receivers and then a bunch of scraps on a, on a team, and one of them goes down, that's big time. That's a big time possibility for upside there. Um, so yeah, uh, finish that out. Um, is there anything uh, you want to close with here? Final thoughts coming out of week nine, headed to week ten. Season's just flying by, Kitty. It is. It is just flying by, and. I was just starting to look at different playoff scenarios um, in, in many of my closing, leagues. closing schedules and look at all that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is not a, if you're a lock to make the playoffs, it's not too early to start looking at team defenses. If you have team defense or kicker looking at their schedule through the playoffs, who has, and then just in them. Stash that extra defense, um, stash the extra kicker if you have to. Start looking at, uh, you know, making smaller trades that don't seem like much, but for a player that's been productive and has a good schedule during the playoffs, those are the kinds of things that you should be starting to look at. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, now is the time uh, because we're a few weeks away. And if you're a strong team, Let's face it, you probably want to prioritize that. We've got enough sample size to say, you know, the weak quarterbacks, the weak teams, the turnover prone teams. I mean, use all that to your advantage. And frankly, you know, losing maybe a you know a couple points per game on projection for say a defense or maybe stashing a second defense, you know, and really aligning it and say, these are the ones I want. And saying, you know, maybe that third tight end isn't that important. You know, maybe a a stash. Uh, you know, and maybe the, the worst and most brutal bye weeks are behind you. You know, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to need, you know, this extra wide receiver that I picked up a couple of weeks ago. You know, if that's like a deeper league, you're like, ah, eh, it's Danny Amendola. Well, how about you get the, maybe you get the defenses right, you know, and, and looking at things like that, uh, you know, and, and again, look for a month from now as opposed to looking uh, right in front of your face and saying, who's the actual best this week, but they're a one week play. Um, do you want a shout out for the UTH best ball contest and uh, new winner? I don't think I've ever uh, called her name before. We got the Beth cats, which is Bethany uh, representing and getting the top score again, low scoring week. Uh, but she bested everybody in said low scoring week in week nine with the top finish actually got uh, Ramondre Stevenson in point per carry here 
into the lineup here. Got Darnell Mooney, his big game, couple touchdowns, started three tight ends. Mark Andrews, Cole Komet having uh, one of his best games of his career as well in week nine. So I wanted to shout out to Bethany here. And uh, she actually has some players that uh, you know are on by, like Leonard Fournette, uh, that could be back in the mix. And uh, she's light at quarterback, but man, she had the perfect storm with Wentz and Roethlisberger of her uh, small quarterback room and committee there. So um, yeah, so shout out to Bethany. And uh, for the season, she actually moved way up. She's in the top 10 now. Still at the top, we've got names like Brett, Brad, and Keith. Uh, there in the top three and started to get a little bit of separation. Beth, uh, sorry, uh, Brett, dare I say, Katie, he's sort of in the Katie spot right now, which is first place and, uh, and, and extending his lead up by about 50 points. So uh, congrats to Brett. Let's see if he can hold it out. Long way to go. Extra week we have in 2021 for him to uh, keep ahead of the field. So I want to remind folks, uh, you can catch up with Katie between episodes at FF underscore Skylar 399. You can be up on all of our guest podcast appearances. Uh, if you have questions about your trades, especially you know Devi stuff, uh, you can talk to the diva over here, uh, over there on Twitter. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about things like patreon.com slash UTH, as well as UTHdynasty.com if you want more of uh, written content, audio content here from myself and a lot of folks at UTH. All right, so that'll do it. And until next week, Good luck in your matchups. Hopefully, uh, Bipocalypse is gone and you get a little more luck uh, with the, your 1.0 and your uh, designed roster and lineup going in week 10 this week. Till next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.